Hey everyone, this is Alex Kelly with the Furloughed Film Talks, the podcast. Back here with Ryan. Hey guys. So we are excited to talk about uh, the movie End of Sentence starring John Hawks, Logan Lerman, uh, Sarah Bolger, directed by Elfar Adelsteins. Yep. We are actually going to be having an interview with Elfar uh, just here in a little bit, but first we are going to do a spoiler-free talk of the movie it's so a quick little dirty review of it dirty dirty 30 review dirty of what is an absolutely amazing movie great movie yeah so you want to go ahead and give our um jindo head review real quick what did you say for your jindo head i did i think i did 4.75 jindo i did uh 4.5 okay yeah 4.75 i mean like this 0.25 is... gets taken off for there's no way a convict has a passport but yeah <laughs> i mean possibly but uh, I, you know yeah like if a five is a perfect movie like mm-hmm. yeah this is definitely a four point five it's it's really good so set the scene of what the movie is about and if anybody is interested in watching the movie it comes out friday on itunes and amazon so definitely check it out yeah it, definitely get this one um so this might be a little hard without um spoiling, spoiling the entire movie yeah spoiling it just because so much of the storyline is like really vague until the movie's well into like the but 45 that's... minute mark but it, i'll do my best Good. here sorry so um the story is that logan Lerman's character is getting out of prison he's had a long streak of being a rebel be being a rebel being an auto theft uh personal theft assault all sorts of bad shit yeah um and so, then he tries to steal a car when he gets out of jail well let's we'll get to that's that. not a spoiler we'll get to, we'll get to that and he um so he's in jail his mother is dying of cancer and she does eventually succumb to the cancer within weeks right she visits him and then you know they uh they say the last goodbyes and within weeks she has passed away and then he's released from prison um and her dying wish was for her son and her husband to take her ashes over to ireland to spread them in um one of the lakes over there so it's one of the hundreds of lakes that they make abundantly clear there's a ton yeah they've referenced several times how many lakes are in ireland apparently tens of thousands um check out which I'm pretty sure you guys are talking about ponds, okay? Whatever. But dude, they can call it whatever they want. They can't. Yeah, <laughs> it is gorgeous. So uh, that's the story. They go over to Ireland, and it's and Logan just... Lerman plays the son. John Hawks plays his dad, and Sarah Bolger plays the love interest that Slash. they meet in Ireland. Yes. So, um, John Hawks. Let's just get that, get this thing out of the way. Just amazing. Th- probably the kind of pinnacle of his career right yeah. now like it, 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 outstanding performance by john hogs like hopefully this is something that people take notice of he he played a, a bad guy in peanut butter falcon last year which was kind of a, a detour of what he usually does but then he does something like this that's kind of closer to what he's known for but he still takes it in a way that just completely exceeds all expectations yeah it was really cool because like again i don't want to talk about spoilers but he has a transition of attitude and almost like oh yeah a change in his very core and being over the course of the movie well i don't even know if it's just like a change 
of core, but more like I think so. I think it is. I think, but we'll, I think it's again, like an, we'll, we can yeah, talk about I that. I think during... it's an understanding of like maybe I need to do things a little bit differently. And... I don't think so. Like I think the way he changed himself or mm-hmm. like allowed Logan Lerner's character to kind of guide him. Yeah. Um. I, I think he like fundamentally changed and like you know okay in, well, a, yeah, in yeah, a fundamental yeah. way that... like he's changed he, he is a new person for the rest of his life now right true no you you are correct there yeah and but like for what you said earlier about how it takes a little while to kind of develop or, or get into the story not to say that it's boring it just no, no. the story like they intentionally no. slow rolled information to you which is the best part because all of a sudden you're just getting kind of morsels of information of this is why this stuff is happening and then they just hit you over the head with like the very very big pieces of information yeah like that very out suddenly of left field that's just like holy shit and always like in a super dramatic fashion yeah so like that's like that part of it like some people will find this movie slow i'm sure but yeah. if you just and it's not a long movie it's an hour and a half movie so and it goes by you, like that yeah like, so if you if you can watch the first 20 30 minutes and then really get into the where the part point of the movie finds its footing and just runs with the rest of the story yeah like once they get into the in actual for... like adventure through ireland um it just takes off and it's it's a great story um sarah bolger can sing man yeah my I'm, lord she i mean she sounded like a you know professional singer it's, also logan lerman's a douche obviously in this movie he is yeah but that's so unlike other characters he's played before like my my favorite movies have been his he, perks he did it very well i but mean i'm saying like in perks he plays this kind of like awkward character and this is just like yeah i'm a dick like right yeah but he plays it so well but then also there's that caring side that you know that side of him that's really his father that sometimes comes out and he plays that side of it really well as well. Yeah, I mean, he, like in this movie, he's really battling with himself to like be a better person. Like, yeah, you can tell there are experiences he comes across in this movie where he realizes that he doesn't want to be the pompous asshole for the rest of his life, um, and it's but extremely difficult for him to make that change. But like, you can see it. You can see the percolations of a change in him. But some of those some of the things that led him to where he is in that current moment of his life were outside of his control. And that's a part of the movie that like, I will, we'll talk about it Friday when we talk spoilers and we really get into this, but you know, that's the point of the movie where everything changes. When you find out this little bit of information, the entire complexity of the movie and the dynamic, Between... you, you understand a lot more like, oh jesus christ like that's what was happening that part of it makes a whole lot more sense of why everything is so frayed exactly yeah it i mean they eventually tie back all the loose threads into this you know beautiful kind of hand-stitched uh story called end of sentence but um does take a little while but once they get there the payoff is so meaningful at the end of the movie and it's i mean it sucks that this isn't going to be in theaters but like yeah you it's gonna at least it's gonna be out there for people to see and hopefully it's something that maybe it doesn't get thrown on netflix anytime soon or it's just 
it somehow picks up steam on the VOD circuit. This hundred percent should be distributed through Netflix, Netflix or um, Hulu or something, you know. And if you don't go and see this movie just based off of this is like you know, um, spoiler free review. Uh, definitely like come back on Friday and when we explain the last scene in this movie and what takes place and where it takes place you have to like at the very least go see this scene like yeah go see it just watch it at home exactly yeah that's what i mean yeah yeah um just having to clarify that blows so much right not for much longer (laughs) but still for the time being. okay i i wanted to ask him or i want to ask him this is would it be possible for a movie like this when everything opens up is it just too much money to like throw it on in a couple theaters across america like are the logistics of that way more difficult than i i know i'm sure it's more of like a financing thing right they've already had like whoever financed this movie has already put x amount of dollars into it so they're like just get it out they're like just get it out we don't want to put in like you know another yeah what like maybe 25 to fifty thousand dollars to get it distributed to x number of theaters with all the marketing that would entail so i'll freaking go crowdfund the money for that my god like i mean like you you get what i'm like i'm i'm being kind of facetious but like yeah like if they did it the only way I could see it happening is if they went to like the super um, small like indie focused film uh, theaters like Angelica. Angelica. Like it's this is the perfect movie. This it's is an Angelica this, movie. This is an Angelica movie. This is like, the perfect movie for the Angelica theater. So like, and I don't think that would be very hard. Like you know, just do some very simple like online marketing for it and say, hey, it's gonna be you know. Like you don't have to distribute. Like they even have Literally, to distribute all anything. You have you just, to like, do just is play the VOD on the on the screen. Like, all you have to do is go and put out a couple ads somewhere with Logan Lerman's face and say it's going to be in theaters for like a week or two at select cinemas, and some people are going to go see it for sure. Like people yeah. who see Logan Lerman's name and uh, John Hawk's name are going to be like, oh yeah, I'll go check that out. Like that's gonna ha- that would happen. Would it be as much you know? pre-corona but probably not but it like you know and people are so starved like it out, out. like yeah. you know if we we went over to a friend's house uh on friday right and like the, the friend's house the friend's been on the show yeah we went to garrett's house friday <laughs> and um you know alex had been talking about going to this theater out that's near his place and it was like four bucks and it's like a combo like bowling alley strike and reel i believe is the name yeah let's not like say where he lives though um and you know i thought this was gonna be like a shitty theater but we drove past it and it's like actually very nice right is impressive yeah where was i going with this movie theaters anyways this is where (laughs) i was going with this once I saw that theater, I was like, you know what? I would drive 35 minutes over here just to see a movie. Yeah, in the you would theaters. go see a movie there. Like, 100%. Like, yeah. I'm like so ready to go see a movie in the theaters that I would drive out to like fairly far from where we live <laughs> across the Metroplex. 40, 40 minutes away. Yeah, to, to see a movie. So people would, like, if you just hit like a very small demographic but focus to the people that like typically go see movies at the Angelica, like, yeah, I mean, you know. You at least bring in a little income and get the exposure that this movie deserves, and get Alfred Adelstein some exposure. Yeah, yeah, he for sure. 
kills it directing this movie right and it's like, so amazing like the, we've only seen two pieces of work he's done Silkloth yeah. and, and, and this end of sentence and there's like a eight year gap between them almost right almost exactly yeah, eight or nine years yeah so it's amazing like this is the first we're hearing of him you know because like if you watch Sailcloth and Descendants like back to back like we did, there's no like drop off or like change in quality. Like no, it's, it's yeah. exact same style, exact same uh, portrayal of story and emotion, and it's amazing to me that like you know it's taking him this long to get a project like this and that he doesn't I mean, do more of it. But I to his like you know it. It takes a long time to do these indie films because they're yeah. literally at the bottom rung of Years. of the pecking order. So, yeah, I really hope we see more from him in the future. Like, I, I can't. Well, wait. he has that. He has that new one that I was telling you about. Um, Summer light, and then comes the night. So, you know, that's going to be something. It's an adaptation of an Icelandic uh, novel. Yeah, like highly acclaimed Icelandic novel from 2005. So that we'll that's be reading. Be that's by good. the way, we'll oh, get to review of that, boys. Of the book? Yeah, we're why not? reviewing books now. And if books. it's being adapted into a movie, I think we should. Yeah, we definitely should. Yeah. Um, no, but that's going to be something that we'll be looking out for. Mm. Hopefully, um, I think it said they're going to be hoping to put it out next year sometime. So that's going to be something we'll be watching out for. For sure, absolutely, yeah. So I I really like this movie. Four point five Jindo Max heads man. out of five, and um, yeah, I'm excited to talk to Alfar here. Well, yeah, let's here, get into it. We are going to talk to him right now, the director of End of Sentence, Alfar Adelstein. So we are now joined by the director of the new movie coming out this Friday, End of Sentence. Uh, it's Alfar Adelstein. So thank you for joining us, man. Pleasure. So how is it over there in Iceland right now? It's rainy and it's cold. <laughs> so not much is not much has changed the last couple months. No, but we're rid of COVID nineteen mostly. So you know, every cloud is a silver lining. We do, we take that. It's about to be about a hundred degrees here in Texas. So yeah, <laughs> we would take rainy. Yeah, it's about ninety degrees difference here. Oh my god, Jeez, that's nuts. <laughs> well, maybe maybe seventy. So what have you been up to the past couple months? As a uh, all of us have been kind of locked in our homes for an extended period. I'm preparing my next feature. So we are in pre-production now of a film adaptation I wrote from a book called Summerlight and Then Comes the Night. We're shooting in August. So it's an ensemble piece for different stories with 12 leading actors. Oh, wow. So I've been quite busy with getting that <laughs> together. I bet that's it's been, been in development for a, for a while. But, you know, now it's... Um, it's it's moving in, in in as i say we started to shoot on the 10th of august okay well it's awesome that it didn't get delayed at all with everything going on i mean it was supposed to start in july yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no social restrictions have mostly been um you know uh taken off here and or, or you know we've been relieved of that so 200 people can come together and and um in public spaces and social distancing now is is optional so there are no new cases. There have been no new cases for about 10 days in this country. Wow. But it's a small population, so, you know, that's a boon. But they have handled this perfectly, you know. Professionals have been on air every day for the past three months and no politicians are intervening. So they left it to the health officials and the police to, you know, navigate us through it. And it's, it's been really, really 
Excellent. How early did they uh, kind of get y'all on lockdown? Was, were y'all pretty like early in the process or was it like us where it was way too late? <laughs> no, very early in the process. They started isolating and for 14 days you had to quarantine. So, you know, they were strict on that. They, they actually mobilized the police um, to track down every, every uh, contagion uh, and sort of trace it back. And with all, all the infections, I think they just missed 10 they, that they couldn't trace back. So they were really, really prolific in mapping things out. But again, this is a country of 350,000 people compared to 350 million. In yeah. I mean, but that's good to hear. Hopefully we're yeah. past it. So yeah. Let's talk yeah. about your movie that's coming out on Friday, uh, End of Sentence, starring Logan Lerman, John Hawks, and uh, Sarah Bolger. Kind of, what got you interested in this project? Well, the script was brought to me by a mutual friend of, of uh, Michael Armbruster and, and mine, uh, Ella Maria Daniels, who's one of the producers, and okay. she thought we would, you know, make a, a good fit for this. Um, I read the script. It, it, it spoke to me on a fundamental level. I come from a, an orthodox background, being raised by my grandparents. So there was something there that I, I, I was, you know, willing to meet with Michael. And we, we hit it off. He's, he's very generous with, in, in his collaborations. And uh, I could feel that we could make something that would be personal to both of us. And that was key for me. You know, you don't go on a, on a journey like this for five, six years without it being uh, on a personal address. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we decided to, to do that. We took a road trip to Ireland actually, uh, That's awesome. and rented a car it, because first it was set as, as a, as a U.S. based road movie. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. And I, I said to Michael, you know, I think we should set this as another country. And, and we went there and hired a small little Japanese rental car. And, uh, I think I scared the shit out of him, you know, driving on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, that was um, <laughs> through through over mountains and through valleys. But you know, we, we had a great time. And the first evening, we we uh, went to a pub for a meal, and we saw this band playing in the corner, a three piece band, doing these beautiful renditions of yeah. you know true Irish songs and all the anecdotes of you know the loss and the pain that the country had gone through. And we were sold. You know, we knew at that point we were going to set it in, in Ireland. Then we came back, we worked on the script for, for a few good months until it felt right for both of us and, and we were on our way. When you, you talked about it was going to be an American road trip, but obviously you changed that to an Irish road trip. Why did you choose Alabama for the start? Was that kind of like how it was always going to start off the movie? Yeah, that was in the, the script. So I didn't have a particular view on that. Okay. Uh, but, you know, choosing Ireland, I wanted to be more of a fish-out-of-water story. Mm. And them being unfamiliar with the Irish country was perfect. Um, and the mother having associations with it, uh, I thought, brought another dimension. You know, neither John nor Logan had been to Ireland before, which was a great plus. Okay. So they were kind of surprised to, you know, with what they saw. And it was, you know, all kind of unreal. Uh, revealed itself throughout the process. Uh, so that fit in story terms quite well. Um, but I, I, you know, I sometimes say Ireland has a crooked smile. It's been through a lot through the ages and, and still manages, they still manage to smile and sing and drink Guinness. And I think that's a perfect setting for a film like this. 
It was know, because they are the two of them have a, have a crooked smile. Yeah, I mean, some of the shots of Ireland and just like the countryside were amazing. And so you're about like 30 minutes into it, we were like, whose job was it to drive around Ireland and find these shots off the top of a cliff or like you know behind a valley and whatnot? Like, was that you? Okay, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> it was your your own personal road trip through. through yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you kind I mean, of know, uh, like, on that first? So, yeah, we had to solve a lot of these things, you know, um, on the hoof. Well, and you said in an interview last year at the um, at RIFF that you know they were driving on the wrong side of the road. Like that whole concept of you know taking them out of their element and putting them quite literally on the wrong side of the road and kind of up their life. Um, what was it like just making that, you know, message and crafting that message? And how important was that to you? Well, I mean, going back to the, the Irish landscape, I didn't, I had no interest in making a postcard of Ireland. That's been done before. And I didn't think it would suit the, the purpose of this film or the, or the, or the, uh, or the mise-en-scene. So, <clears throat> you know, that was, it had to be rough and, and um, dangerous and, and ugly at some points, yep. uh, coupled with the beautiful. Uh, and the element of driving on the, the wrong side of the road, of course, you don't want to push that too hard, but it, it adds a level of unfamiliarity and, and, and uncomfortableness to the story. Even which I think like the car reservations where they had to like, you know, get the special yeah, reservation specify. for the automatic and because just stick was kind of standard over there. So that level of detail was really cool. No, it's. But you, I mean, you talked about uh, John, John Hawks, you know. Yeah, how, so how early in the project did y'all um, bring him on board? Because like when you watch the movie, it's almost like you can't really imagine anyone else playing this role. It's one of those portrayals where, you know, John Hawks, I don't know if he gets typecast as this or it's just in his character, but like out of Deadwood and several other of his characters, the very similar depth of emotion and kind of uh, like almost that naivety. Yeah. But like a real, if you look at him, it's, he seems kind of like a shallow character, but as you dive deeper into his story, it's, it's very deep and emotional. So like, I can't really imagine any other actor playing that character. Yeah. So how, how early on was John brought on to this project? He was the first actor to be brought onto the project, and he was the top of my list. So it was, you know, a, a really blessing to the project that he liked it, and he wanted to come on board. Uh, it spoke to him the role and and um, and the setting of the film. He he was drawn to Frank because of his, um, I suppose, his inefficiency and you know the way that he was broken mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, trying to, you know, punch his way through life, maybe with the wrong tools. Um, but, I, you know, I was a huge fan of John's, saw the sessions and I liked, you know, he played Joe Albany, the, the heroin addict also in Lowdown, which is a beautiful film. So I, I liked that soft side of him and the emotional side. And John is, as an actor, is, is really acute to his surroundings and, and um, has a, has a great understanding of both, you know, scripts and, and, and the environment that he works in. So it, it was just 
great to, to, to get to work with him. And, but I approached him because initially because I was a huge fan of his, his work. And he got to punch a cop, so it was... Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> Sorry, disclaimer, real fast. So. Yeah, yeah. So the cat came flying off. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, hit the the cops. There's some good action in this movie for like it being. Yeah, an emotional. Of, yeah, you know, like drama. a dramatic narrative. But I mean, yeah. I love that scene so much. Yeah. Um, and Sarah Bolger, we you get to that pub scene, and it, it obviously mirrors that first road trip that you guys took. Did you, when you, you know, casted her or met her, did you know she could sing that well? Because in that moment when she starts singing, we just looked at each other. We were like, is this, is this real? Like, is yeah, she we actually... tried to figure out for about five, 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, was it, is this dubbed over? And yeah, like, you and can I really tell like, yeah. about halfway through, like, no, this is her singing. I know. This, it's a great question. Do you know what? I didn't. Okay. And, uh, and the music is performed live uh, in the scene. So we have playback with the live music. But she sings on set, three takes, that song, Pitch Perfect. And we were just standing there gobsmacked, you know. Uh, she had a voice of an angel. And that, no, that, that, that's one of these beautiful gifts, surprises that you sometimes get on set. And that was one of, one of them. It's, and it's one of my favorite scenes in the, in the film. And she was, you know, again, she had a voice of an angel. There's three or four scenes in the movie that like really just grabs you emotionally, like, and that's one of them. Uh, another one is where um, John Hawk's character is coming out. He had just left his wife's ashes on the you know server's cart and it gets in his car and like just breaks down, loses it. Oh. Yeah, what was yeah. like filming that like, and like what was the preparation for him to? to get into that place and like how do you you know direct that scene we talked about it a little, just a little bit before and um i mean you never know what's going to happen uh, but we did three takes of that and that was it you know because uh, we, did, we didn't need any more it was real every time that he did it um, but different every time that he did it. <clears throat> so I suppose that, you know, he, he, he took some personal time to, to set himself in the right emotional state, stepped into the car and, you know, rolled camera. But I think, you know, a scene like that is percolating for a long good time within the actor. And it, it, it's a hard scene to, to film for it to be and feel real. You know, he's very exposed at that time as the character. And John is very much in character, you know, through the duration of the shoot. He's, he's you know, he's all in, as, as, as you would say, in very simplistic, simplistic terms. There's a lot had happened to him up to well, that point. You, you start to see it in the beginning where it's like, how much is, can this guy take? Like he's, you know, his wife is gone, his child's in prison. Like he is dealing with so much. And so the entire movie builds to that moment and it's it's an incredible thing to watch um I, it's an incredible movie and i'm really excited to see how it does but you did another short uh or a short film back in 2012 sailcloth with john hurt that was actually yeah. on the academy award shortlist uh what was it like working with john hurt it was absolutely amazing 
I sent him the, the script, I mean, on a, on a whim. I, I had no contact with him. I sent it to his, and there was no, there was no dialogue. John was usually hired for his gravelly voice and his big presence. And a week later, his agent called me and says, John wants to meet you at the Soho House in, in, in London. And I thought, you know. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was being auditioned. <laughs> and I met him and, you know, I was supposed to get a half an hour with him, but we sat there for almost two hours. And at the end of, of the meeting, and he said, Alva, let's go make a film. You know, and, and, uh, and he was... You know, he tested me the first day, but after the second day, we were on the on the ocean. You know, I went to shake his hand, thank him for the day, and he gave me this big hug. And after that, he was extremely supportive. You know, we became friends, and um, it was it was it was you know you couldn't you couldn't write it. <laughs> uh, and that was one of my big fortunes in in life, having someone like him, sort of warm to my work, be more to my work and, and uh, uh, accepting me as a, as a director. When you said, you mentioned that there was the no dialogue part, you know, about halfway through we realized, yeah, there's gonna be no dialogue through this. Was that a choice when you first wrote it that was like, obviously there's gonna be no dialogue in this, you just wanted to paint this picture or, you know, what was kind of the idea behind having no dialogue in this, this short film? Well, I mean, the, the whole thing kind of came to me uh, it was after I was raised by my grandparents. So when my grandfather died, he was a very strong individual. He passed away in a nursing home and he had dementia. So he kind of withered away. Um, and that was the last thing he wanted. So I, I, I think subconsciously, subconsciously, I wrote him an alternative exit. Uh, and that's, that's my friend. And it just didn't need any dialogue. Um, and the, the idea is after it came to me, I said, you know, yeah. I need to draw this. I can't really write it down. So I just wanted it to be a visual poem to him, in a sense. Okay. And that's how I I approached it and um, and sent it off to the old old master. <laughs> you had your grandfather stealing a, a a boat from the nursing home. That's such a cool story. Like you know, if you look at if you just watch this and like don't try to deep dive into it, you'll be like, this is kind of shitty like what's happened here but but like i mean if you if you truly understand the arc like it's it's a beautiful story it's such a, it's, it's what you want like yeah at the end of life and like you said like you don't want to be yeah, at you home withering away yeah like the, one of his last moments was like waving to the child on the beach like yeah, and, and being both, out like, on the boat right it's but, such a beautiful and if People want to watch it. It's at berserkfilms.com slash sailcloth. So definitely, I would definitely recommend it. If you enjoy End of Sentence, you will understand this and enjoy it, I think. Yeah, thanks. I mean, my son played the, the little boy. I mean, he's grown up now. But he, oh, really? For a reason, it was my son who was waving. But yeah, I mean, John Hurt said, you don't want to be thrown out with a hospital trash. So yeah, he actually <laughs> said that. As the shell of a man. And uh, you know, but he showed it to his brother, who was a priest, a Catholic priest, and where taking your own life is is a cardinal sin. So, you know, on a metaphysical level, I think it appealed to him this this notion that we own our destiny. But it's 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 not as simple as that. But I don't think I ever looked at it that way. It was just an allegory for me of sort of the the, the great last journey. 
Well, we were going to ask about uh, Summerlight and then Comes the Night, but uh, it looks like you guys are going to start filming that in August. Are there any other projects that you're going to be working on here in the near future? Um, yeah, I have uh, one project that I, I might want to do down south, go back to Alabama or even further south yeah, in New Orleans. Come to town. You know, um, and that might, that, that might uh, you know, manifest itself and uh, that's a completely different animal uh that that film and i have one british project that i'm, I'm working on alongside but you know who knows these things takes a long time to, to develop and, and get together you know the finances and all the political mm -hmm. you know uh stuff surrounding it but uh yeah it i think it probably depends on how this next one goes right <laughs> Well, hey, we You're only as good as your last film, right? Yeah. I just, I, sorry for jumping back and forth, but I forgot to uh, ask in the beginning, like, what was the experience like um, going from this was supposed to be a theatrical yeah. release to video on demand? Like, you know, just can you kind of walk us through how that experience went since just was completely unprecedented times that we've gone through and you know, what, what are your thoughts behind it? Yeah, it's disappointing, obviously. I mean, there's this romanticism with screening in, in, in theaters across America. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, really. Uh, but these are, this is a situation, these are unprecedented times, so it's beyond one's control. So you kind of just have to accept it. I mean, the theme of end of sentence is acceptance. So I, 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 I guess it's a <laughs> part of the journey just to accept what's uh, ahead. But, you know, we're working with Gravitas and they've been, been great and, and we're premiering on iTunes and Amazon. So, you know, people are downloading and, and, and at home watching mm -hmm. video on demand. So, you know, it is what it is. But I would have loved, of course, to, to hit the big screen for a couple of weeks. But, you know, in this environment, you just take it on the chin and, and, and um, work with, you know, what's available. Yeah, I'm, you know, I would have loved to see a lot of this movie in a theater with, with the landscape shots and just the Irish countryside. But, you know, I, at least we're living in a time where it can get out to everybody, you know. If it had been the 90s, yeah. it would have a little bit different to distribute on VHS or whatever. But, you know, fortunately, we have the capability to you have the capability to get it out there so that's, yeah. that's good at least yeah it's more of an immersive experience more visceral to see it on screen you know even for a, a, a small indie like this it, it, it's just always better you know and uh i i feel a difference when i see it well we're gonna, be telling, we're gonna be telling everybody about end of sentence uh coming out this friday and uh if you're ever going to be doing something in texas let us know and we'll We'll get you some brisket while you're here. So we appreciate you taking the time to jump on with us. Uh, sounds great, guys. Thank you so much uh, for your time as well. And stay safe. Hey, you too, sir. You Thank too. you. Thank you so much. Bye. A little respect wouldn't hurt you in the lady department. Oh, the lady department? Where's that? Is, that? is that next to housewares? Is that aisle seven? You have to show respect to get respect. I should know. I've been in sales all my life. You're about to give me lady device, aren't you? That was our interview with Elfar Adelsteins talking about his new movie coming out Friday, End of Sentence. Uh, it's going to be on VOD 
and catch it on iTunes or Amazon. So definitely go and watch that. We just want to thank him for taking the time to talk with us. Yeah, great interview, Super. great dude, and uh, can't wait to see what else he comes up with uh, yeah. over the next couple of years. So and he's gonna that movie that he's gonna start producing or start production on in August. So yeah, should be yeah, ready got, sometime next year. So it's just super cool. It only got delayed like maybe a week or two, right? Yeah, like so, maybe not even. not at all. So that's great. Very excited to see him do that and see the reception of End of Sentence. So we are excited for that. So thank you guys for listening to this and uh, check back here on Friday for our spoiler talk of End of Sentence. Yep, we'll get deep deep into End deep. of Sentence. Thank you guys for taking the time to talk with us or listen to us today. And uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday. Adios, muchachos. Hey, hey.